Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And today we will be having an environmental awareness show. Today, my special guest is Jean-Michel Cousteau. He is an explorer, environmentalist, educator, film producer. For more than four decades, Jean-Michel Cousteau has dedicated himself and his vast experience to communicate to people of all nations and generations his love and concern for our water planet. Since first being, quote, thrown overboard by his father at the age of seven with the newly invented scuba gear on his back, Jean-Michel has been exploring the ocean realm. The son of ocean explorer Jacques Cousteau, Jean-Michel has investigated the world's oceans aboard Calypso and Alcyone for much of his life. Honoring his heritage, Jean-Michel founded Ocean Futures Society in 1999 to carry on his pioneering work. Ocean Futures Society is a nonprofit marine conservation and education organization and serves as a voice for the ocean by communicating in all media the critical bond between people and the sea and the importance of wise environmental policy. As Ocean Futures Society's spokesman, Jean-Michel serves as an impassioned diplomat for the environment, reaching out to the public through a variety of media and educational programs. Jean-Michel has produced more than 80 films, received the Emmy, the Peabody Award, and the Cable Ace Award. In 1989, he became a syndicated columnist for the Los Angeles Times, where his articles appeared in more than 60 newspapers worldwide. For more information, you can visit the website oceanfutures.org. That's oceanfutures.org. And with that, I'd like to welcome Jean-Michel to the show. Good day, sir. Good day. How are you? Thank you. (laughs) I'm doing very well. It is truly a pleasure to speak with you. I I have followed your work, and I'm truly um, a a lover of the ocean and, and its diversity. So I'm really looking forward to talking with you today. You're so kind. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. So you have been exploring the Earth's waters for many decades. So what changes have you seen, and how would you describe the current state of our ocean? And I know that's a big a big subject. Well, it's a very sad story. And uh, in as much as I am still excited uh, to explore more and more and more, uh, I realize that there are probably thousands of species in the ocean that we have yet to identify, and we are also taking some uh, more than the uh, nature normally take care of it. And as a result, we're losing species, and the system becomes a little weaker, and uh, those changes appear uh, in uh, when it comes to the fish that you eat and the crab that you eat and the shrimp that you eat and uh, the whales that a lot of people have been eating, uh, dolphins and so on, all of that has been fundamentally affected and uh, all the pollution and the overuse of energy uh, the wrong way has affected what we all connected to. And uh, I've had the privilege of diving for 78 years, and I will never stop, because now we all connected 8 billion people on the planet, 
uh, through their cell phone, their computer, their uh, television, or whatever. Uh, there's no excuse. There's no borders. There's one species, the humans, just like there's one species of different species in the ocean. Whales are like us, and uh, we need to protect them because we connected to them without even knowing that they all connected not only to the ocean, but to what they eat and to what they feed, what they disperse off, and when it ends up into the ocean, which is very important to feed many other species and all of that is connected to ultimately to the air that we breathe. And uh, you can say that there are many places where 50% of the air we breathe is directly coming from the ocean. So we all connected to it. We, it occupies 70% of the planet. We live, the 8 billion people, we live on 30% of the planet, and we need to do everything we can to protect what we connected to and depend upon. And I think we head in that direction with the time is of the essence. As we add another 100 million people to the planet every year, we have a lot of work to do when it comes to education and passing on the message to the decision makers, whether it's in energy or in uh, uh, the uh, economy. And uh, we need to uh, sit down with decision makers, which uh, is two aspects of it. The young people uh, who are going to be the decision makers of tomorrow and the people who are today in charge of the energy and uh, they want to make money, they are into uh, uh, a profit. And uh, the people who want to be re-elected, they want to be re-elected no matter what. Well, we need to make sure that everyone, they have families and they care about beyond being re-elected just for this year, but thinking about the future and also thinking about the, uh, uh, the capital that we need to protect uh, and only take the interest produced by the capital. And I think we're heading in that direction, and I'm happy to say that uh, Ocean Futures and my team, and I have a wonderful team, and we're going to be uh, one more time being uh, uh, congratulated and harvested and showed uh, with a big event that the Ritz-Carlton in Baccarat in Santa Barbara is uh, uh, preparing, and uh, it's going to happen on the 10, 11, and 12 of uh, November, which is the end of next week. And uh, it's going to be very, very important to share as much of uh, this information with the rest of the world. And uh, I'm honored, and I really appreciate it. And uh, I will never stop diving, and I will uh, continue to showing to people what we've never seen before. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you, you were talking about how, you know, the, the problem of um, items being, you know, thrown into the ocean and its effects. There have been a lot of discussions about plastics and, and, you know, microplastics in the ocean. So can you tell us a little bit about your perspective about that particular danger? Well, yeah, plastic is uh, ending up in the ocean, and I even did a show where people are playing on top of a mountain with snow, and they're throwing it at each other, and then they end up skiing on the snow, and uh, in the little streams, oh, the kids who are uh, really going into the the, uh, uh, the the snow and next to the rivers, uh, they pick up the uh, all the plastic that are coming down, and uh, then it ultimately goes to uh, little uh, towns and then big industries, and ultimately ends up in the ocean. And I keep telling those kids, you're throwing the ocean at each other when you're throwing snow at each other. 
We have one mm. water system, and that water systems uh, create, of course, thanks to the ocean that evaporates, create clouds, and the wind uh, disposed of it everywhere on the planet. And so to uh, those places, but what we keep forgetting is that the plastic, because our primary sense is vision, uh, we can pick it up, we can harvest it, we can change it, we can create new plastic which are not uh, polluting, uh, and on and on. But what about what we never, never talk about? Chemicals and heavy metals. When mm. you take a tablet of cocaine, it may give you a headache uh, that you want to clear, and that aspirin does it. Where is that chemical going? It goes into the bathroom and uh, into the water system all the way down to the ocean. So all those chemicals and, plas and, ke and, chemicals and plastic uh, are being uh, completely ignored. Well, we need to find new technology to screen any water going into the ocean and capturing all of that. Uh, there is a potential to create new energy new products, save money, and protect ourselves. So we all depend upon uh, the creativity of the human species to make sure that uh, since we have the privilege to decide not to disappear, we're the only ones who have the capabilities to change what affects the quality of our lives, which means the quality of the environment, whether it's in the ocean or on land, since plants and animals are completely, completely connected, and uh, we all depend upon them to stay there. <laughs> so the capital needs to be protected. We can only leave up the interest available to produce, uh, to use, and uh, to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Now, um, I, I noticed that your your um, resort in Fiji is one example of where um, business and environmental um, awareness um, coexist. You know, as, as, and you know, for many people, um, you know, they're, they're driven by the dollar. You know, what 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 makes what makes money? You mentioned, you know, some of the young young folks nowadays, you know, coming up with you know creative ideas to do that. So, you know, do you feel that you know, like your CG project, um, that being able to marry um, environmental awareness and, and clean up to you know a, a good solid business model would kind of push along, you know, the interest of, of people? Well, everybody is fascinated uh, when you give them an opportunity to be connected to all these creative places. Fiji blew my mind because I've been traveling all over the planet, and I met some of those people and realized that the people who live on those islands have been disconnected until recently. I mean, in the last uh, 50 years or so, have been uh, disconnected from the rest of the planet. And they are in a very beautiful place, uh, different islands, uh, where they can get water, they can get uh, things to eat, whether it's something they catch in the ocean or where they grow on land, and they're doing extremely well. And uh, I've been always fascinated because they can cut special trees, and they can build bungalows, and they've been able to survive and live independently from all of us for a long, long time. Uh, and we can learn a lot from those people on how they do it to survive and take care of themselves and be happy. And uh, that's why I've agreed to land my name to that place which was created by uh, people who wanted to uh, to agree to create a special um, little hotel, if you want, where people can come 
and see what the uh, uh, Fijian have done, and then they can connect also uh, with neighbors and other locations. Then, uh, of course, we've started our educational program for kids, and we're sharing it not only with the children from the visitors, but also the kids from Fiji, because Fiji now is more and more connected to the rest of the planet, and we want to give them everything possible to uh, protect themselves and also uh, share information with us to educate everybody. And that's why we have our educational program over there, and we also have an independent diving operation, uh, which uh, with my colleagues we completely control with the Fijian who are running it, and it's working very, very well. And people love it from uh, uh, not very far in New Zealand, Australia, and some from the United States. But, you know, this has led us a long time ago to connect with other locations, like, for example, the island of uh, Catalina here in, in uh, California, where we've had our program uh, specially designed for uh, kids with the CALP, Catalina Environmental Leadership Program, and also with uh, what we do once a year, and this year was my year 24 or 25, where uh, it's called Family Camp, where we spend five days with families and their kids, and uh, we have never stopped doing that, very successful. This year it was totally packed, and some people came anyway, and they had to come with a boat and live on the boat to be part of our program. So we're very happy with that. And then several years ago, we had the pleasure of being connected with the Ritz-Carlton uh, Hotel, and now we have six different locations in six different places on the planet where we have our Ambassador of the Environment program, which we created uh, for the Ritz-Carlton to share with the people who come and want to learn about where they are. And it's not only uh, historical, but it's also environmental, and uh, it's focusing for children or focusing for adults or focusing for families. And we have that now in many places, including at the Bacara uh, here in California, uh, near, Santa, uh, near Los Angeles, I'm sorry, Santa Barbara, uh, it's about mm -hmm. 10, 15 minutes away from here. And uh, we want to make sure we do everything we can to share with decision makers anywhere on the planet what needs to be done to take care of what every one of us is connected to. Yeah, that's wonderful because that ripple effect, you know, especially with the children will, will carry on and, and influence, you know, the future um, actions. Um, well, now, you know, I remember what I was doing when I was five, six years old. <laughs> I don't remember what I was doing last week. <laughs> you know, children, well, well, they're amazing. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling that being thrown overboard, being thrown <laughs> overboard at age seven had, had a kind of a, a profound impact on you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and every kid who goes in the ocean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Will. So there's there's another um, kind of threat to the ocean that I want to get your opinion on, and, and that's the rise in ocean temperatures. Um, you know, and we know that it's created conditions for greater storms. So what 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 is your view of of that you know trend, and you know what are the implications that that you see from that? Well, we uh, didn't know the impact that we could have with uh, uh, all the energy that we create to uh, take care of humans, and uh, the air that we breathe that we need it, and uh, the uh, uh, the food that we eat and the uh, harvesting, whether it's on land or in the ocean, is very critical to make sure that the uh, capitals is put, are protected 
so we can uh, take advantage of the interest produced by those. And uh, we are finding out now that uh, the energy that we were taking out of the ocean uh, to uh, put in our cars or, <laughs> or, or the energy for the homes uh, is affecting uh, too much. And uh, that is in the process of changing. And uh, the energy coming from the sun is uh, very, uh, and we need to improve that. Uh, and we are in the process of being more and more aware that the ocean uh, cannot change too much its temperature in different parts of the planet, 70% of it. Uh, we need to make sure that uh, we don't uh, uh, facilitate or increase the rising of temperature in certain locations, which will affect uh, not only everything that lives in the ocean, uh, in that area, but also the effect that it has on the coastlines. And uh, I don't have to talk about that too much because right now, in the last few months, we have experienced catastrophes all over the planet in different locations. And uh, it's, it's very hard and very uh, sad to know about that, but uh, there are more and more people who uh, want to make a difference. And uh, so, we are becoming more and more aware of the impact that we have on the quality and the temperature of the ocean. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what do you feel are some steps that need to be taken to help safeguard marine biodiversity? Well, marine biodiversity and land diversity uh, are very critical. Every, every species depends uh, uh, on other species or protect other species, and that's whether it's plants or animals on land or in the ocean. And uh, let's look at the human species. The excitement of the human species is the diversity of species, uh, the colors, the uh, temperatures, the uh, uh, education, uh, the uh, languages, the uh, religion, and on and on. And that's why it's so exciting to be uh, in different parts of the planet to connect with uh, the human species. And uh, we are finding out that are less and less what we call borders uh, because it's a thing of the past. Uh, but now, uh, we are learning a lot, and uh, we need to raise certain species of plants and animals to feed our people, or to feed ourselves, and to make sure that only doing it is the one we reproduce, that we can protect, that has no effect on the environment, and is providing us with what we need to feed ourselves. And... Uh, there are certain species we can uh, literally grow and uh, reproduce, and other species uh, we shouldn't do it because they need more space, and as they need more space, uh, they destroy rainforests and so on, which we see that happen in many other places. And uh, there are uh, different ways to help, and we need to be connected with more and more with experts who can raise species, whether it's in the Amazon or whether it's in the middle of the United States or along the coastlines on certain islands, and we can do it. And I think we're heading in that direction more and more, and people can do it. It's jobs, it's the profit, it's money to be made, and it will take care of ourselves and take, as I mentioned earlier, uh, take advantage of the privilege that we have to decide not to disappear. Yeah, yeah, very, very true, very true, both, both land and sea. Um, so now you have had some, I'm sure, very memorable expeditions over the years. Can you maybe share with us, you know, one or two of those that had a, a profound impact on you in your conservation journey? Well, I have to say that, uh, that I have many uh, 
privilege uh, that uh, privileges that I've had uh, thanks at the beginning to my father, his team, uh, and people who really uh, showed me the planet uh, because we were on boats all the time and going from one part of the planet to the other. But one day my father said, oh, I want to explore the Amazon. And we went into the Amazon, mm-hmm. and we took Calypso in the Amazon. And then at the end, when you're on the other side of uh, uh, the uh, Brazilian territory, uh, on the uh, west side, uh, Calypso could not go. So with friends of mine and uh, my colleagues, Dr. Richard Murphy and, and um, several other people, we uh, took a zodiac and we went all the way up as far as way as we can, we could, because I wanted to know where the water from the Amazon was coming from. And it was a mountain where you have snow or where it rains and so on. So we went all the way up there. And uh, the uh, uh, zodiac didn't work, so we had to walk and climb and, and crawl. And ultimately, we slept over there. Uh, at, at the very beginning of the uh, the Amazon River, and uh, I uh, I'm amazed because I followed it, and fortunately I was connected to some scientists who wanted to study the quality of that water and where it went and what was being put into it, as all the way always down and across the Brazilian territory and going into the Atlantic Ocean. And, and I studied everything in the Atlantic Ocean and realized that uh, because of the currents and whatnot, uh, a lot of that water was being pushed up north and it went all the way to England. So wow. from top of a mountain in South Africa, uh, in uh, the south of uh, Brazil, uh, all the way to uh, the British Virgin Islands, uh, to England, is connected by the water system. And of course, everything we put into it. And uh, that's why I was fascinated to learn that from scientists. And there's been a lot of research that has been done by uh, uh, different uh, uh, industries and also, uh, of course, educational uh, places like uh, universities and different governments and so on. It's absolutely fascinating, and I am uh, uh, connected, and I want to learn more and more, of course, because not only uh, you can create energy uh, as that water is running down from uh, a mountain, but you can learn a lot about what it does and how it helps uh, every plant, animals, in the ocean, on land, and every one of us. Yeah. That just reaffirms how important a global view is so that someone from England, you know, it's important for them to recognize that waters off their coast you know, are directly impacted by activity in the Amazon, you know, which, you know, for, for, for many people, you know, it's just not, you know, a lot of people say, you know, why, why should I pay attention to what's happening in the Amazon? You know, what, what does it do for me? You know, and, um, but, but that's an example of why one should be, um, aware and, uh, may be active to be able to, you know, be environmentally um, sensitive to what's going on. Absolutely, and we all connected to uh, the water system one way or the other. It affects everything we do and everywhere where we are. And uh, whether it's uh, the snow in uh, England <laughs> or the snow in the Amazon, makes the same thing, uh, but it's a diversity effect on the environment where it uh, ends up. And that's why it's fascinating, 
and uh, people love to travel, and they can learn a lot as they travel to know how connected they are and uh, how we all depend upon the quality of that environment. And uh, that's why what you mentioned about uh, what's happening in England is uh, happening in many other countries one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, uh, in 1999, you founded the Ocean Futures Society. So can you share with us what was its mission at its founding, and then how has it matured over the last 24 years? Well, thank you very much. I created Ocean Futures Society when my father passed away, and I was to honor his philosophy, and I remember when he was telling me uh, uh, people protect what they love and on and on. Uh, and uh, we created a new, uh, uh, a, a new statement, which is part of our mission, and that is protect the ocean and you protect yourself. And uh, mm -hmm. I have to say that because um, we have been, uh, as a not-for-profit organization, uh, I was based a little bit uh, uh, on the East Coast and, uh, uh, and then uh, in France, uh, where I was born, and uh, in California. And that's all because I was helping my father making his films and uh, the, also the post-production. Uh, and uh, that was done in Los Angeles a lot of time. And people don't realize if they are uh, <laughs> as old as I am. Uh, that we were seeing 35 millimeter films and then 16 millimeter film. All of that is a thing of the history and of the past. But that was taking a lot of time to have the cameras to do it, to uh, transport all the films uh, <laughs> and to take it, to have it processed. And I've done a lot of that in Los Angeles. And I fell in love with California and with the ocean near the California, I was going into it with my colleagues and friends as often as I could. And that's where I met several people who kept helping us uh, for a very long time after that and still today. And uh, I have to say that uh, we um, are in a very exciting period of time at Ocean Futures Society because we can reach uh, with the uh, communication revolution system, uh, we can reach many people all over the planet. Of course, <clears throat> as a, uh, a uh, not-for-profit organization, uh, we need a lot of help, and uh, we have uh, members who are supporting us, but uh, to do more and more of what I believe we need to do uh, Ocean Futures is focusing, and we're highlighting that uh, we will next week uh, at the uh, uh, event that is being put together by Bacara for us, uh, that uh, I literally want to launch a new television series, or the equivalent of that, uh, to celebrate 78 years of scuba diving and uh, discovering, and uh, the fact that we're making huge progress right now to uh, protect what we all connected to and depend upon, including the air we breathe, which are the diversity of whales, dolphins, and sea lions. And uh, happy to say that uh, uh, thanks to many of my colleagues and uh, uh, other people, we now have just uh, in the process of celebrating the uh, uh, whale heritage area, uh, which uh, is now the number nine protected area on the planet along the coastline of California, and uh, will continue to help do more and more, and uh, anywhere on the planet, because, uh, as you know, uh, the uh, ocean is 70% of it, and we need to do more than what we have done. And uh, I'm a very excited time, and next uh, next week at the uh, event 
that will take place uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, I am people who are going to come to help uh, the celebration where I'm going to get an award thanks to uh, uh, the Ritz Carlton Bacara. They uh, want to make that happen, and I'm honored. And uh, that will uh, continue to give me energy <coughs> and support from a lot of people to continue our mission, which I will never stop. And I have very, very amazing friends who are going to be there. And we're going to celebrate together with hopefully hundreds of people who are going to come. Absolutely. Excuse me. Now, what action for the listeners, what actions can, would you suggest that um, listeners can take, you know, just individually to help, you know, with your marine conservation efforts? Well, there's several things they can do. They can become members. They can ask us questions. And they can help us as members. They don't have to, but they can. Uh, and support us, and uh, we, fortunately, uh, for the last 20 years, we've had uh, a lot of help from uh, some of those people, but we need a lot more now if we want to do a television series uh, that will take us to at least eight different locations. I have a map now that shows all the places where I've been diving all the way around the planet, and I want to go back and see what it looks like now and some of it may be bad, some of it may be good, and I want the public to be aware of what's there and have excitement, and we will discover new species and the behavior of species that I may have seen in the past, but I didn't know how connected they were, and all of that would be part of the programs that uh, we intend to do, <clears throat> and we've started doing some amazing filming uh, in uh, Maui, in Hawaii, and uh, we've done some of it uh, here in, the, in uh, several years past. But we need to go back and uh, re-see where we are and, uh, and share with the public the latest information about everything that is happening and we depend upon. And we are heading in that direction, but everyone can help, and we need to accelerate the process thanks to the people who are supporting what we're doing. Great. Well, I look forward to seeing that series. As a matter of fact, I have recently been watching on PBS a, a series called Spies in the Ocean. Um, it's, you know, with um, some underwater filming with um, camera, with robots that, are, that look like, you know, various species, and it's just um, how they interact with, you know, um, the other animals, you know, in, in the ocean. And it's just been fascinating. And, and I think it just, you know, really um, brings to the forefront just how how beautiful and, and actually even how mysterious some of those creatures are. Well, if I can tell you, I, uh, I've been blown away and uh, – by many of those species, and I've had the privilege with my colleagues, uh, thanks to them, to be able to spend four and a half years to, uh, uh, and for the people who financed it, to uh, liberate <coughs> the orca, which is the largest of the dolphins, uh, and uh, some of them have been called killer whales, <laughs> but uh, it's a mm -hmm. long name. And... Uh, the orcas are my favorite, favorite creatures, and <clears throat> Keiko was taken from uh, uh, Mexico City <clears throat> all the way to Oregon in a truck, and we spent uh, four years to, uh, to take him, uh, readapt him to be in the natural seawater, and then we took him, and thanks to the United States Navy, we were able to put him on an airplane in Oregon and fly him to Ireland where he had been captured when he was two years old away from his mother. And uh, we spent uh, two and a half years over there, maybe three years, to uh, help him 
be uh, completely released and to be free. And on a Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning, he had started swimming with another group of uh, orcas, and they were on their way, and uh, we were there. My better half, Nancy, and I, we were watching it, and it was absolutely something I'll never forget. And uh, wow. that is the most sophisticated creatures. They have communication system, and if the water is clear or they see what's going on, they make decisions just like we do. And uh, do they make mistakes? Of course, just like we do too. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'm happy to say that uh, orcas are my favorite creatures in the marine mammal, and they are everywhere on the ocean. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I bet um, he had a story to tell when he joined the other pod members <laughs> of uh, being captured and, and, and his time away and, and uh, you know, what it was like to, to rejoin rejoin the others. I think the uh, Keiko is the one species to this date who's been uh, released with all the difficulties and the investment that was made by people who supported it financially and the scientists uh, as well. Uh, and uh, I don't think uh, anything has been done to that uh, event yet, but there are a lot of people who want to do the same thing with many of those marine mammals, whether it's whales, dolphins, or cetaceans of any kind. Absolutely. Well, um, now you mentioned a few times about the, the gala that's happening November 10th through the 12th at the Ritz-Carlton um, Bacara in Santa Barbara. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's a gala with, with activities, and um, it's, you know, to support the work of Ocean Futures Society. So can you tell us a little bit about that event and maybe some of what the attendees might experience? Well, the people who have uh, signed up and participated and want to be part of it, uh, they will start on Friday afternoon. Uh, we'll uh, be uh, having a gathering and we'll have a, uh, drinks and uh, a cocktails and uh, we'll get to talk to each other and miss, uh, uh, meet some of the people that we would like to meet. And uh, that was created by uh, uh, the the Wisconsin. And then the next day at the Wisconsin, we'll have breakfast. And then uh, we're going to take the people who have uh, decided to participate and have signed up for it as part of uh, one of the activities of our uh, program, uh, which uh, is the Ambassador of the Environment where we'll take the people to take a long walk and go down near the ocean and get up onto the hills and learn about all these plants and animals and how we depend upon all of this. And then they will come back and they'll have lunch. And then uh, that afternoon they'll uh, have fun and so on. And then later on there will be a gathering again early because there will be uh, the sun will set at about six o'clock or so, uh, we will have a, a gathering and we'll have a, uh, drinks and so on and then the presentation. And then I will be, uh, invited and receive the, uh, an award. Uh, and, uh, I'm very touched that they're doing this. And then, uh, I will make a presentation and thanks to one of our colleagues, uh, who has worked with me now for over 30 years. Uh, Dr. Uh, uh, <laughs> Holly Lohheis, who is a marine biologist, and she has been involved with many of our expeditions, and uh, she will be there because she's been so dedicated to the protection of the whales and uh, being creative and uh, literally one of the key persons amongst four or five other people who have uh, ultimately created the... Uh, Whale Heritage Area, and uh, I wanted to be participate of my presentation, and uh, we have maybe 20, 25 minutes of presentation, and she will present something uh, during that period of time 
because I absolutely want the public to know that uh, I'm not the only one. There is a lot of people totally dedicated to protecting what we all depend upon. And those marine mammals are critical uh, for the future of our species and any plants or animals in the ocean or on land. Absolutely. And, and I noticed that probably one of the, the top, the cream of the, the top of the, the event is that on, on the 12th, on March 12th, I mean November 12th, excuse me, that um, individuals can um, get tickets to a four and a half hour whale watching trip um, aboard the Condor Express. So uh, that along with that uh, newly um, identified whale heritage um, aspect would, I'm sure, be um, a wonderful event to be a part of. I'm very, very much looking forward to that. Uh, I've done it many times, and I want to do it again. And it will be uh, four and a half hours at sea. Hopefully, if the weather is like it is today, the ocean is totally <laughs> calm. And uh, hopefully, we'll see whales. It's but it's not the time of the year where there are the most of them, but we'll hopefully see some of them. We'll see a lot of dolphins, and we'll see a lot of birds that are trying to catch the fish that the dolphins are trying to catch. And uh, it's a very exciting time, and we'll have uh, very uh, nice people on board. Uh, Holly Lohas will be there, and several other people will share their knowledge and their expertise, and we have an amazing captain who uh, will continue to take us around and make uh, some comments that we need to listen to, and I'm always listening and hearing things uh, thanks to him, and uh, the, the crew of the team is absolutely wonderful. So I'm looking forward to being on that boat, and uh, anybody who is interested in, the, in their future, the future of the planet we depend upon, they can come with us, and uh, that will help very much uh, to continue the process, the program that we want uh, to uh, create. And I have to say thank you to uh, Yorko, who has been very creative to make that boat available to Ocean Futures uh, to make that day of that four and a half hours at sea. Uh, possible, and uh, there'll be, uh, I don't know, uh, probably drinks and uh, things to live <laughs> along, but uh, it's very exciting to be at sea, and I, I've done it many times, and uh, I love to do it, and people love to be there. Well, that sounds like it's going to be a wonderful experience, and I, I noticed on um, one of your YouTube videos you talked about you know, knowledge of the ocean is important, but it doesn't come close to the experience that one would um, that one one gains when being a part of uh, an ocean activity. Right, so you're absolutely right, and that's why people always ask me what's your best dive, and always tell them the next one. <laughs> Great. Well, Jean-Michel, thank you for your time today. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, and I look forward to that new series, TV series, that I have no doubt will come to fruition. And I really thank you uh, for your efforts in, in helping us and the world uh, have a, a better water environment. Well, thank you very, very much for your uh, interest understanding, support, and I'll continue to do everything I can. And if you have other questions, don't hesitate to ask me. Thank you, sir. I, I will I will do that. And again, your time is uh, appreciated. And again, listeners, um, that uh, event, which is November 10th through the 12th, is at the Ritz-Carlton Baccara in Santa Barbara. If you go to uh, Jean-Michel's website, um, oceanfutures.org, you'll be able to see a place where you can get tickets, and in particular the tickets for the, um, the four-and-a-half-hour trip aboard the Condor Express. 
So thank you, sir, and, and I look forward to keeping keeping in touch. Well, thank you very, very much. And I just found out that I haven't seen it, that on the Independent uh, <laughs> magazine, uh, there's a whole article on that event. So <laughs> I'm very fascinated. <laughs> and I look forward to I'm going to go and get one because I want to see what was written. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's good information. <laughs> well, well, thank you, sir, and, and you have a very good day. Thank you very much. I appreciate Hope to see you. Good. Thank you. Again, everyone, today my very special guest has been Jean-Michel Cousteau, and we've been talking about his work in marine conservation and exploration. And again, you can find out more by visiting his website, which is oceanfutures.org. And then, again, if you are in the Santa Barbara area or anywhere up and down the California coast, do check out that um, gala that's happening at the Ritz-Carlton Bacara on November 10th through the 12th. So, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth Show. And until we meet again... Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Be sure to visit our website at www.biteradio.me. That's B-I-T-E-R-A-D-I-O dot M-E. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Byte Radio Me. And our shows are also available as a free podcast from iTunes. And until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.